You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, let me tell you that if I sound strange today, any stranger than usual, it's because I hear myself in a rather odd fashion because my sinuses are doing all sorts of numbers on me. So I think if E.T. ever lands, the first assignment for E.T., if E.T. decides to accept it, yeah, yeah. we need to fix cold. human sinuses. After that, human teeth. I mean, if you consider the situation now, I was reading a story the other day that a record number of people are getting false teeth. I am not among them. I still have most of my original teeth, but a record number of people are getting false teeth. So what is there about Mother Nature that makes our teeth so vulnerable that we have to give it constant care? How's your teeth, Chris? Oh, man. I've had so many problems over the years. I had uh, two sets of wisdom teeth. They had extra roots, and they were hooked. You see what I mean? My wife has all her teeth. She's done well. Of course, they now advertise on TV these special one-day tooth implant schemes, okay? The problem with that, though, is that I think they cost like ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. So if you have ten or $20,000 to throw around, you could have all your teeth replaced in one day. So if ET ever decides to solve our problems, not just global warming, warfare, nuclear weapons, deal with the teeth. ET. <laughs> I only hear of any contacts. Yeah, but they don't have teeth. They don't. Well, not the little gray guys. They they don't have teeth, do they? I think they uh, absorb nutrients through their skin, according to some contactee. Well, that's a way of giving a toothless grin. Yeah, and they supposedly excrete bodily waste through their skin. Imagine hung, hugging one of those at the wrong uh, time of day. This is the grisliest episode of the PowerCast we've ever done. And sinuses, they just got these two little tiny nose slits. So I, I don't think they're going to be able to help you there either. Yeah, I mean, the sinuses are shot today. That's it. You don't qualify as having two little nose slits. I have something. I have a standard (laughs) New York Jewish nose. (laughs) Yes, but we digress. No, we're getting too nosy here. As I was prepping for today's episode, featuring the director, producer, filmmaker, everything, a project about... The Montauk Chronicles, covering the Montauk Project, which allegedly occurred at a military base now closed in Montauk, New York, which is on the very tip of Long Island. It's a place where the rich and famous go on vacation. That's one thing about it. And there are lots of legends about this. But I started thinking, where did I first become acquainted with this legend? Now, not to confuse anybody, but the Montauk Project is in some ways said to be connected to the Philadelphia Experiment. And it was back in the 19, late 1950s, 60s. Shows you how old I am. When there was a story regarding the curious treatment of a copy of a book called The Case for the UFOs. Now, The Case for the UFOs was written by a guy named M.K. Jessup, Morris K. Jessup. The Vero edition. I was just going to get to that. Now, M.K. Jessup was an auto parts salesman and amateur astronomer with the same name as a famous astronomer. This is very confusing. So he came out with this book. And then they get this weird copy of this book annotated by some guy who calls himself Carlos Allende. All right? 
And eventually some government agency prints a few hundred copies of this book with all the annotations intact. And that circulated quietly in the UFO field. The annotations are all wacky. But part of it concerns something called the Philadelphia Experiment, which supposedly occurred back in 1943, allegedly involving invisibility. Now, just to get things straight here, there really was some kind of experimentation back in the 40s, and it was involved making these ships harder to detect by traditional measuring instruments. Not invisible, but that's the stuff of legend. In any case, so it became an invisibility project. So that's the story. And the Vero edition, this is the annotated edition of the case of the UFO, was finally published by Gray Barker back in the late 50s or early 60s. All right? That takes us to 1974. Charles Berlitz, the grandson of the founder of the Berlitz Language Schools, gets involved in writing books about UFOs and the paranormal. And he has this book out called The Bermuda Triangle, subtitled An Incredible Saga of Unexplained Disappearances. And this was a best-selling book, by the way, one of the rare best-selling books about a paranormal subject. So I interviewed Berlitz for a cable TV show, and we talked. And during the course of the show, he mentioned the annotated edition, the Vero edition of The Case for the UFO. And he said, you know, no one's found a copy. And I looked at him, and he had these twinkling eyes, and there was always something going on there, and you always felt he knew more than he was saying. And he was having fun with you. So I said, you know, I have a copy of it. And he said, you do? So at the end of the show, we went for dinner. And I talked to him about it. And I gave him a copy of the Gray Barker edition of Case for the UFO. And in one or more of his subsequent books, I actually, I actually got named in the book as a source. Got lots of free lunches, no free money. Okay. You know, in my first uh, knowledge of... Uh potential kind of just strange things going on in Montauk. I was, I'm not exactly sure what year it was. It was sometime in the late seventies, early eighties, if memory serves me correct. I remember I was going in on the subway, uh, going to my job in Manhattan. I was coming down the Lexington uh, line, the number six train. And, you know, I'd always get a, a copy of the paper, the New York times, and I'd read it on the way in. And, and I remember this strange article about, I guess it had been the night before, possibly two nights before, that all the cats in Montauk went went berserk. And it was a real news story, uh, you know, in the New York Times. And I remember reading this thinking, how bizarre. What could possibly cause everyone's cats to just totally freak out and, and, and go wiggy? And I remember thinking to myself, I got to get out to Montauk and do some poking around, which I did. I went out to Montauk, uh, went around the old abandoned, uh, I think it was a radar uh, station, had these huge antenna there and and these what appeared to be abandoned buildings. And, you know, I so I went and, of course, visited the, the pyramids on the beach there that uh, are rather enigmatic. And, and that really put Montauk on the radar for me. And it wasn't until, you know, 10, 10 or more years later when the Montauk books started coming out uh, featuring 
Preston Nichols, and I think uh, authored by Peter Moon, if memory serves me correct. It's been a long time. Uh, I remember thinking to myself, you know, the, the place looks abandoned. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's really anything going on there. And um, on subsequent visits out there, I remember we, we'd poke around. So, so I've always had this fascination with the Montauk uh, subject matter, although I don't really buy into all the ins and outs. Well, the director of Montauk Chronicles is Christopher, another Christopher, folks, Garitano. And he's the writer, director, and producer of the film. And he's here to explain why he got involved in this very, very unusual project, the Montauk Chronicles. And by the way, we have an unusual second radio show called After the Paracast. And if you want to get that show, you have to join the Paracast Plus. Go to plusplus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. After the Paracast is an open-ended show, no ads from 25 to 40 minutes. We have guests sometimes. Sometimes we finish discussions started on the Paracast, and sometimes it's just open-ended talks about anything. Plus.theparacast.com. You get the ad-free version of this show. And if you join for a year or more, a copy of Stalking the Tricksters by Chris O'Brien, the ebook version. Plus.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV
There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one silver solution. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government when you can be truly independent with Liberty HealthShare, a bold, innovative alternative allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. Liberty HealthShare. Together, we are one. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So this is our first exploration on the Paracast into the Montauk Project. That's not just a vacation place for the rich and the famous, or just the rich. Christopher Garantano is the writer, producer, director of Montauk Chronicles. Welcome to the Paracast, Christopher. And the first question I would have for you is, what drew you to this particular possibility for making a documentary movie? Well, I, it was, I was always interested in the uh, paranormal, and I wanted to make a docudrama about one of the subjects that I was originally familiar with, but a friend of mine who I actually befriended while I was making my first film, he was one of the subjects and he knew I was from Long Island and he suggested, why not the Montauk Project? Well, I was aware of the books in the 90s and I wasn't very interested because I read the very first book by Preston Nichols and I felt the information was thin and it didn't hold much water and so I moved on from it. But there was one prospect that really interested me, and it was um, actually being able to visit the men who originated the tale. You know, there were only three or four men that were telling this tale for 20 years, and right now there's people coming out in droves uh, saying they were part of it. But back then there were just a few people. And I thought it would be an interesting subject to go and actually be there in the living room of the men who tell this tale so I could look them in the eyes because I thought it was just such a 
you know, like a Z grade science fiction story, especially the way it was portrayed in that book. (laughs) A little over the top. I remember, of course, they did a movie about the Philadelphia experiment back in the 1980s. Very, very loosely based on all those legends, plus, of course, the Charles Burlitz book. Now, the Montauk Project, I first heard about it from a guy named Bielek. Yeah, that's that's Al Bielek, Alfred Bielek. And uh, I actually, you know, he passed away in 2011, but I visited him at his home at that time in Fort Myers, Florida. And the interview you see in my picture is the one I shot with Al that afternoon in 06. Interesting guy because he was on a lot of programs in the, I guess, the late 80s or even during the 90s that regarded uh, the Philadelphia experiment. And he was on, it was one of them was a history channel program in the 90s where he was just listed as a historian later on claiming that, and this is really another elaborate tale, that he was age regressed three times. Uh, at some point in one of his earlier embodiments, he was a man named. Ed Cameron, he was on the actual Eldridge. He claimed he was on the USS Eldridge, but in a different body or in a different form. Oh, yes. I heard some of this on the original Coast to Coast radio show with Art Bell. And it was a fascinating story. But I guess the question I have here is, do we give Al Bielek any credibility? Not to disparage the dead, of course. I don't, it's hard to say because, and this is something I've been wrestling with, you know, I didn't make uh, Montauk Chronicles to lie to people, and I, I really wanted to find something. Now, I knew finding evidence in this case is very difficult, so credible witness, in my opinion, is a wonderful thing, uh, especially in investigating the, the paranormal or a conspiracy. So to sit with Al... And to be honest, and I was very honest in the picture, was to allow the audience to see what I was seeing. You know, Al, in a three-hour period, said everything from the fact that he was in a different body on the USS Eldridge to vampires were real. You know, I mean, he said all of this in one shot. Boy, he doesn't stop, does he? No, no. And and, and Preston is was the same. You know, he had so many tales to tell, too many to fit in a two-hour movie about specifically the Montauk Project. Now, I didn't go in as a, you know, a blatant skeptic, but I needed to keep an open mind. At the same time, I had to be very cautious because there's just so much information being given and no artifacts, no Well, you know what we should do, Christopher, because it is a very complicated subject. And I want to just ground people with Al Bielek because everybody will look him up online to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that is, let's go back to the very beginning here. Let's start the story for people who don't know what I'm talking about, except once again to look at Montauk Point as a place where people go to vacation. So originally there was a military base over there. Let's start the story at the very beginning. Sure. On the very eastern tip of Long Island, New York, it's some about 150 miles east of New York City, lies the Camp Hero Air Force Base in a somewhat isolated town called Montauk. In the summertime, it's a, it's a real happening place. It's been that way for many years. It's, vacationers go there because the beaches are great. It's right on the ocean. Fishing is great. Uh, there are hotels and motels everywhere and resorts. But in the winter, the place is desolate. And it's also a very small town, a small population. There is an Air Force base there. Uh, You know, I spent my summers there when I was a 
a kid and because of the the foliage and because of the way everything is configured i never really noticed the actual radar tower the sage radar tower and it wasn't until i was making this picture that i got that close to see it but the story goes that in 1971 between 1971 and 1983 after the air force moved out of the facility or at the very least unbeknownst to the operations going on the light operations going on topside because there wasn't really anything heavy happening since world war ii there was a secret facility deep beneath the surface of the camp hero air force base and within that facility experiments ranging from mind control where runaway kids were kidnapped murdered during these experiments to reverse engineering of alien technology to time travel and interdimensional and interplanetary interstellar uh, travel all of this occurring and extraterrestrials working underneath the ground along with the humans now just to put this in perspective this is not a proven fact it's what is claimed right no, no, absolutely not. It's, it's, it's all based on witness testimony, and there are very few. But recently, a lot of people are coming out saying they were either victims of the experiments and they're survivors of the experiments, or they may have been there or they knew someone that was there, which is quite interesting to me because for almost 30 years or so, the only people telling this tale were three or four men. Do you think it's because of the publicity this got? Was this after the film came out or before you released the film? It's at, well, I see, here's a story. I made two movies, uh, one that was completed in late 2011 that I took around for, toured around for a year. And I wasn't happy with it, so I went back and made another. It was during the time where I was putting out trailers on the internet, Huffington Post did an article. That's really when a lot of new witnesses were surfacing in my opinion, I did not see many before that, and it was still somewhat of an obscure story before 06. Now, you know, Hollywood's getting their hands on it, and they're, they're making a, a, a TV, uh, TV drama, and I'm sure movies will follow, and, you know, rightfully so. It's, a, it's an untouched territory for movies, really, outside of my own. Of course, now that they're bringing the X-Files back, this is a good time for it. Christopher Garitano is the writer, producer, director of Montauk Chronicles, and we're trying to paint the picture of what this crazy story is all about. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We've been patiently waiting. 
Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the people. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to idstronghold.com and get the facts and the wallets, sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit idstronghold.com today. The human body is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Okay, honey, I have to ask, and be honest here, have you been taking a little blue pill? Because things have been pretty good in the bedroom lately. No, I swear. You didn't pick anything up at the pharmacy last month in Cancun? No. Well, something's different. I have been taking that heart and body extract you bought me. But that's for your heart and to control your cholesterol. Well, I read HB extract also promotes healthy prostate function. I never guessed it would work this well, but... But you're glad it did. Oh, yeah. Heart and body extract is a 100% organic formula that promotes a strong heart, healthy arterial flow, better circulation, improves erectile and prostate gland function, and provides youthful energy, strength, and stamina. Find out more at HeartAndBodyExtract.com. Heart and Body Extract, paired with healthy heart choices, is a winning combination. Call toll-free to order or for free information. 1-866-295-5305. 1-866-295-5305. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Uh. Getting a good view of a sore throat can be difficult, but the new doctor-recommended sore throat exam kit from SayAhNow.com makes it easy. A first-of-its-kind scientifically designed oral retractor to relax the tongue, minimize gag reflex, and increase visibility. Our made-in-the-USA kit also includes a medical-grade reference chart, easy-to-use website and apps so that you're one click away from unparalleled sore throat information. Click SayAhNow.com. SayAhNow.com, a must-have for your family's medical preparedness. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So we have a second Christopher, so therefore our Christopher reverts to his birth name, KK. So with Gene and KK, Christopher Garitano of the Montauk Chronicles 
And you're telling us here that as you got publicity about the film and put trailers online, more and more people came out of the woodwork. Now, when this happens, do you take these people seriously as you're just people who are trying to get a little glory, want to attach themselves to something that looks like a really wild story? From my experience, it's a combination of both. I mean, I know for a fact there are a few people out there that fabricated this for attention. On the other hand, I spent time with a gentleman who required that his identity be concealed in my movie, so he used the name James Bruce. And I've spent time around him personally, and I believe that at the very least he believes this 100%. Also, it seems like he's recollecting things that I just personally feel like he he couldn't have made up. I mean, he may have read this. He may have seen it in the movie. Uh, I don't know because it's so difficult. There, there really, there's really no evidence. But the one thing that has happened out of this, and it's in line with what we're discussing right now, is that I was con- after I was on Coast to Coast AM earlier this year, and shortly after that, I was contacted by a person who worked, and I won't say what company it was, for a major chemical company in the 70s uh, up until the 80s. And this person claims that they saw documents that were being sent from this major chemical company for a very experimental alloy that was being sent not only to Brookhaven Labs, but to Camp Hero, where at a time where nothing should be sent to this place because it was defunct. So this might be the small, tiny little piece of evidence that could lead to the truth. None of this person's stories are attached to uh, any of the sci-fi-esque elements. It's just, I saw documents, they were connected, they're in line with names and places that Preston Nichols was talking about. So there is a connection here. And if you're going to believe anything, you know, this might be the piece of evidence here. So I'm going to follow through with that. And this is very recent. This is only in the last few months. Okay, let's look back through the history here. So we have this military base, the Montauk Air Force Station, Camp Hero. Is there any official documentation about it? Or is it just an abandoned base? Well, there, there is documentation. You know, it ranges all the way back to the early settlers. Uh, when it was transferred over um, and eventually became an official military base, it was Fort Hero. Then it eventually became Camp Hero, which was an Air Force base after the Army Air Corps became the Air Force. Before that, in World War II, and then leading on throughout until satellite technology was in place because that's what the the sage radar tower was there for it was being used and we have record of everything officially that camp hero was being used for it was also being used as a protection on the east coast because you know the u.s was worried about a nazi invasion so there are bunkers intact still to this day where 16 inch guns those large cannons were set to defend the united states the east coast All of that's on record, and I spent a large amount of time in the Montauk Library uh, sifting through the archives. A lot of it was just about the land itself after 1983 and what was being done with it, what they were planning on doing with the base itself. But right now, you can literally, you know, unlike Groom Lake and unlike uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and a lot of these other places that are uh, classified, you can go to Camp Hero today. You can walk around the grounds. You can explore. I think security is getting a little tighter because this subject matter is very popular right now. But it is a state park. You can literally camp out overnight with a permit, go fishing, 
and spend a lot of time exploring the area. What has been said, though, is that the facility is deep underneath the ground, which is to this day we've we found uh, hatchways and things that led to something, but they were all cemented shut. And of course, if we tried to jackhammer these things open, we'd be arrested because there is security patrolling the area to see if anybody's breaking into the tower, which we we found our way in in the film. Well, you, you know, let's look at Montauk as a location. Um, you know, I've done being kind of an ex-New Yorker. I lived in the New York area from the mid-70s to uh, the mid-80s and uh, went out to Montauk on a number of occasions. And, you know, my curiosity was, was really, um, I don't know, kind of <laughs> peaked when I read I mentioned this before you came on. I read the article in the New York Times about all the cats going crazy one night in Montauk and and this was a real news story and I, I just thought it was quite quite unusual and it set me on course to research the area out there and th- there are some very interesting myths and legends that have come down through uh, the generations that uh, Montauk is a very special place. Uh, there's an interesting history of unusual occurrences there. For instance, I think what didn't Alistair Crowley summon lamb uh, in 1919 uh, in the Montauk area, if memory serves me correct? Uh, there, You have those uh, strange pyramid formations out there. What sort of research have you done into the past, uh, you know, into the fairly distant past about strange anomalies and um, other types of myths and legends that have have been attached to the location there. Oh, I I mean, I've heard it all, you know, in in almost a decade. I've heard all of the stories, a good deal of them, though, you know, are lacking in evidence. And what I would my goal from the beginning uh, with this was to walk in as an observer and collect information for the audience. So I wasn't, there are too many documentaries regarding the paranormal that are just built on conjecture. And my thing was, okay, I might not ever have any evidence for this and maybe that shouldn't be my goal. So I came in and I did a a large amount of research as I went along. But for the most part, I wanted to go in clean. I wanted to forget that the books existed because I wasn't adapting any of those books. They, they weren't in line with what my desire was uh, for this picture. So I wanted to start fresh. I was basically the first person to really interview these guys uh, in, in a sense where uh, they were exposed, their emotions were exposed because they, they all kind of get very emotional in this film. And I just wanted to make them feel comfortable and hear their story. What I found to be most interesting uh, was all, like you were just uh, suggesting, all of the tales uh, like Aleister Crowley and the fact that the Project Paperclip Nazi scientists went over to Montauk. You know, we have proof that Project Paperclip existed, but that's a different thing. And there's so much association with the Montauk Project that people insist well, this is directly connected to the Philadelphia experiment. People insist, oh, Project Paperclip and, and MK Ultra turned into this. Well, we don't know that. So I was very cautious as I go along. And even when I do these shows, I, I want to be careful as to what I say. I want to stay in line with my original intentions with this film was to never join in on the association bandwagon. Yeah, there's a lot of information out there about Montauk, and there are a lot of legends, and there's a lot of history, and they say it's a quartz base, and all of these things are, you know, it has energetic ley lines that go over to the pyramids at Giza. I've heard everything. But is it true? Oh, I'm also, there's direct lines to Stonehenge from Montauk. Possibly. But my thing is, I wanted to collect information 
from the men who originated this tale. The three men in my film are the only reason why anyone's talking about this Montauk project. These are the guys that started the whole thing. So I wanted to hear their story. Okay, now the thing I never understood here before we get into a very complicated story is how does the Philadelphia Experiment legend work into the Montauk Project? Now, I've talked about the Philadelphia Experiment prior to the time you came on because I knew Charles Berlitz and I saw the this Vero edition of the case for the UFO that led people to speculate about the Philadelphia Experiment. Also, Jacques Vallée mentioned with regard to the Philadelphia Experiment, that they did do experimentation back in 1943 with the USS Eldridge, the ship involved, trying to make it possible to use some kind of anti-magnetic system so that it would be harder to detect the ships, which is great in work because if you can't be seen, at least electronically, you have a better chance of reaching your target. We've got more to come. Christopher Garitano is the producer, director, writer of Montauk Chronicles. A weird story, indeed. More to come with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. We are America's largest independently owned communications network. GCN. Conspiracy Journal is your number one source for the hidden world of the weird and strange. We bring you thought-provoking and controversial material for free-thinking individuals who are seeking what is really going on in our world today. Some of this material may adversely affect you. Other pieces are meant to enlighten. Either way, be prepared to be intrigued by such things as the reality of UFOs, ghosts, strange creatures from time and space, hidden conspiracies, time travel, Nikola Tesla, suppressed technology, and a whole lot more. You can find out more by visiting our website at conspiracyjournal.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter sent directly to your email address. Find out what they don't want you to know. Virtually anyone can hack your cell phone and track your calls, your texts, your emails, your every movement, but only if they can detect a signal. Stay one step ahead of hackers and Big Brother with a Block It Pocket, a custom-made pocket infused with pure silver that creates a complete Faraday enclosure for your cell phone. For free shipping to the lower 48, visit BlockItPocket.com or call 888-315-9618, BlockItPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237.
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Are you excited about the World Wide Web? Do you want a place where you can share your ideas and express yourself? Well, dial up your modems and stream on down to the GCN Live Community Forum. Lots of radical features await you there. Wow, Internet guy, I am so glad I went to the GCN Live Community Forum. You too can discover why the World Wide Web is awesome. Just go to GCNlive.com slash forum. That's GCNlive.com slash forum. I'll see you in cyberspace. Space. Friend at GCN Live on Diaspora and Cross.tv. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? So we continue talking about Montauk Chronicles and the background with the Philadelphia Experiment. So I assume, Christopher, that you looked into this background, the Philadelphia Experiment, too. Now, of course, we know that the fiction version of it, of course, is people go back and forth through time, and trying to make the ship less visible to the enemy was an invisibility experiment. How did that come to be? Well, the story goes, and as much as we know about the USS Eldridge and the Philadelphia Experiment, and there are eyewitness testimonies, and there are a lot of great things to go on, it still hasn't been proven. The original story is that the Eldridge, uh, there was an experiment that was designed to cloak the Eldridge from radar. A cloaking device. Yes, yes. And then somehow... The Eldridge disappeared. This is in 1943. Now, how it's connected to the Montauk project, and, and, and not only did it disappear, but when it did reappear, the men that were on the ship, some of them became part of the fuselage. Some of them were transparent and walking around. Some of them were lost forever. And this is what is claimed to have happened. Alfred Bielek, who claims that he was a, a large, integral part of the Montauk project, says he was also on the USS Eldridge. And here's the connection. He said that when the Eldridge disappeared in 43, and if you look at the log lines in, in the Montauk timeline, the, the Camp Hero timeline for the Montauk project, it was 1983, exactly 40 years later, that the Camp Hero experiment exploded because that's when Alfred Bielek 
Preston Nichols and Duncan Cameron crashed the project to destroy it, to stop it from controlling the populace. In 1983, just off of Montauk Point, where Camp Hero is located, they say that the Eldridge once disappeared in 43, reappeared at Montauk Point in 1983, right off the coast, then disappeared again and went back to 43. This is the connection in so many words that Alfred Bielek says the Eldridge has. Not only that, he was also on the Eldridge in different form. It's a lot of information to take in. His argument, of course, is that he occupied another body then. How old was he really? Oh, he said he was well over 150 years old when I spoke to him. Now, I recall when I was a kid, my grandmother was taking a blood thinner. Her skin was bleeding. Al's skin was bleeding in the same manner. But he said to me, and in many of the interviews that I shot when I spent some time out in Fort Myers, that his molecular structure was breaking down because of the age regression and that they can't regress him anymore. So the blood on his nose and the blood on his arms was because of the age regression. But now, how old was he really? 60s, 70s? Oh, yeah, I think actually he was um, late 70s or in his 80s, Al, at the time. Right. Now, supposedly he was born in 1927. If he died in 2011, he was a pretty old guy. Oh, very, yes, yes. And you could see him in the picture, too. He's not exactly young. So um, that would sound like a reasonable thing. But then, of course, if he was involved in the Philadelphia experiment, he would have been 16 years old at that time. No, yeah, he claims he was in his 20s, late 20s, when he was on the Eldridge, in different form. You can get dizzy from this. Yeah, I know. I've Almost a decade of this. And that's why I still try to stay very grounded. I keep an open mind to the men who want to tell me these stories because I think it's interesting at the very least it's interesting that they're telling this tale and that uh, another thing that's interesting to me is that the gentlemen in my film, the main subjects, have perpetuated this story for a very long time. They've been under heavy ridicule. They have not made, in, in most cases, no money at all. They haven't made any money. It's, it's curious to me as to why they consistently tell this tale. If it's not true, you think the natural propensity of somebody who's being bombarded with ridicule would just to stop and gracefully fizzle out. But they're not doing that. They keep telling this story. Now, Preston Nichols wrote a number yeah. of books about Montauk Project, Philadelphia Experiment and everything. But now those books really took off. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure since my movie's been out, I, I know the movie's caught a lot of attention. So I'm sure the books are selling because, you know, people's natural way is to want to ingest as much information as possible. So I suspect that a lot of books have been sold in recent years, you know, because they want to get as much information from Preston as they possibly can. But Preston has so many tales to tell. What I got from all of this was, and, and, and my personal belief after this many years following this story, is that I think something did happen at Camp Hero. Maybe not to the magnitude of what has been told, because what a wonderful way to conceal this conspiracy, especially if runaway kids were being kidnapped for uh, mind control experiments and murdered. Wouldn't it be great just to implant people's minds with the aliens and the time travel and the interdimensional travel to Mars. Not saying that that's not possible, but if these men are out there telling every science fiction tale possible, then I guess the idea would be that no one is to believe them or take them seriously. I think it's quite possible that there was a mind control experiment there. In fact, I believe there was. 
uh, because it's in line with the atrocities committed by the governments uh, around the world and our own country uh, in regard to MKUltra and in regard to the Tuskegee experiments. We've done this before, so it really sounds very similar to those things, and I wouldn't put it past them during that time period. There were a lot of missing kids around the, the country during that time and that have never shown up again, and there was no corpus delecti. Why not? And, and that's what I'm leaning towards at the end of all of this. You have this military base, which is kind of out of the center of the town. It's a little bit isolated. Correct. So it would seem to be, logically speaking, a good place to do Operation Paperclip and later MKUltra. As a matter of logic, not necessarily as a matter of fact. We're stretching it there. And the same thing would be true here for stretching the Philadelphia experiment. If they did go forward through time from 1943 to what, 1983? Yes. That military base was in operation before then. So how does it become connected? Again, I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and support those claims. In fact, I didn't cover the Philadelphia experiment in my movie because I couldn't find the connection. But these are things that Alfred Bielek and Preston Nichols, these were tales that they were telling that are unconfirmed. I went out and started fresh to find my own evidence and find the things I needed to find. And what I focused on in this picture was the Montauk Boys program, as they called it, where these kids were allegedly taken and brought to the facility. And another subject of my film, Stuart Swerdlow, claims to have been one of those children that were brought to the facility experimented upon and used for a variety of brutal experiments, which we've proven to have occurred earlier. In regard to the Philadelphia experiment, once again, Al Bielik claims that it has a correlation, not only in the technology, I guess the scientists developing it also transferred over to Brookhaven Labs in Montauk, but the fact that there's got to be some kind of energetic connection between Philadelphia experiment and Montauk because the Eldridge appeared just off the coast in 1983. I'm not saying this happened, and I don't want it to sound like I'm saying, because how could we confirm this? Right. Yeah, it'd be uh, pretty unusual to have a ship all of a sudden appear and then disappear. Somebody would see that. Well, why don't you give our listeners a, a bit of a background on Preston Nichols? He's quite an enigmatic person. I remember seeing an interview with him in the early 90s, and I've never seen somebody so fidgety and almost twitchy, constant itch scratching, you know, just writhing in his chair. He seemed uh, peculiar to me. Why don't you give our listeners a little background on him? Well, in regard to Preston Nichols, I didn't know much about Preston when I started in 06, and that was good. I wanted to start fresh. So I show up at Preston's home in upstate New York in 06 for the first time. I interviewed Preston twice. The interview that you'll see in my film that's out there right now is the one I shot in 2013 when I went back. But when I first met Preston, you know, he was a hermit in the, in the greatest sense of the word. He lived alone. He had this giant house, but there was electronic remnants and junk everywhere. There was a big old bus in the backyard, empty, and weeds growing everywhere. Once you went inside, he called it his lab. You get inside to the lab, and there's this bed with this makeshift series of lights above it, and speakers and uh, makeshift you know, contraptions built everywhere. You know, it's like a mad scientist sticking things together. Didn't he have like a Faraday cage over his bed at one point? Or 
I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't see that myself, yeah. but I did see rows and rows of shelves of electronic equipment, archaic electronic equipment, radio equipment, just so much stuff. This guy was, uh, you know, just hoarding and collecting. But inside the lab, he, he invited us to go into the healing machine, as he called it. And then he would put on the doors or he, he would put on Jimi Hendrix. And then these lights would come on, start flashing. And then he said, it changes your DNA and, uh, you know, restructures your DNA and you'll be changed forever. Now, I went in the thing myself and I didn't, I still to this day don't, you know, I don't feel any different, but I'm not doubting what it can do. I just can't confirm it. Let's do our break here and then we'll pick up on this. Sure. We explore the ins and outs of the Montauk Project with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. A little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Gold, it's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the re-emergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, so we're talking about Preston Nichols. Now, before we consider some of the things he says and this weird home in which he lived, Christopher, what kind of background does he have? Okay, well, Preston Nichols' background is very enigmatic because we don't know. Every time you ask for a document of his uh, academia, he says he can't produce it. Those documents were wiped. He does know a great deal about uh, 
radio, about electronics. You know, it's just clear that he's he's well read. It could be rote memory from books. I just don't know if his his formal education because he's never been able to produce a document for us whenever we asked. There's no paper um, trail of a Preston no. Nichols that you could find. Well, now, now that I'm getting this information from this uh, person that I mentioned to you earlier from this chemical company, the names are in line with names that Preston had said in the past. You know, and, and there are technologies, just reverting back to Alfred Bielek for a second, that Al mentioned in 06 to me that I had never heard of and that I researched and couldn't find. And then, lo and behold, in the last couple of years, some of the things that Al said that were being used, like the Leviton train system, like the age regression, these things are not science fiction anymore. You know, Harvard study uh, uh, age regressed a mouse, okay, by three years. They did it recently. Now, as you know, when uh, science moves exponentially, technology moves exponentially, they're going to be able to age regress a person someday. And those Leviton They better hurry with me. <laughs> Me too. But, you know, it, it's just it's it's going to happen. So I don't know. The stories that Al were, was telling aren't so crazy. And maybe the stories that Preston was telling aren't so crazy. And one thing that Preston said, and you and in regard, uh, Chris, to what you were saying earlier, how, how erratic he is, and he is that way. But he explained it and said, you know, they don't kill you anymore when you put this information out. They just discredit you and make you look crazy. So is it is it possible that Preston is uh, being messed with in some way and, and and being made to seem like Doc Brown from Back to the Future? Possibly, you know. To but Doc Brown and Back to the Future was accurate. He was really a scientist who developed what he said he was developing. As crazy as he was, sure, sure. But we associate someone like Preston with that. And whenever you hear Preston in an interview, he comes out with something very inappropriate that almost kind of sucks the credibility out of what he's saying. Um, you know, you go listen to his last Coast to Coast interview and you'll see what I mean. When the camera went off in 2013, when I re-interviewed Preston, he was less erratic. And what, something that happened, and he knew the camera was off. It's like he totally knew that I, I wasn't faking it. I really shut the camera off. All of a sudden, he was lucid. He stood up straight. And he said, you know, Christopher, there's just some things I can't say when your camera's rolling. He was very different than he was when he was on camera. Leads me to believe that possibly maybe he is helping to conceal some things. Maybe some things are being let out in his speech. I don't know because there's so many layers to something like this. It's not like you're exploring a Sasquatch sighting or, you know, we're going to look for the Loch Ness Monster with Jacques Cousteau. This is a different thing. If it is true, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of children that were murdered in the process of these experiments. And there's a, a lot to lose on the part of the people who ran this thing. Even after 10 years of me talking to everybody involved, basically, it's like you got nowhere. And my movie kind of ends that way, where I, I say it's analogous to a long road bordered by a dark forest on both ends, and it's endless. That's how I feel. I had to just step out of it. Because it's just this information being bombarded with, and you get nowhere after years of sifting through things. Does Preston Nichols have any official claims about his background and work experience? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you if you read the literature that's out there, Preston claims he did sound design work for George Lucas on Star Wars. He worked with Stanley Kubrick 
on 2001 A Space Odyssey, again, all undocumented. But again, Stan Kubrick was in New York at the time when he was making 2001 or in and out of New York. And so was Preston. And it, and it, if you read about Stanley Kubrick, he did hire kind of fringe people to work with him every now and then on things. So it's possible that Preston was there and he went uncredited. Preston claims that he was absorbed by Brookhaven Labs first. He was hired. Is that possible? Yes. And then from Brookhaven, he went on to the Montauk Project. Both him and Alfred Bielek also claim that they had their memories, there were at least their memories were attempted to be wiped, and then they started recalling their experiences at Camp Hero uh, in the late 80s or early 90s. So again, they didn't remember this for a while. And they had a series of events that started to recall the memories. And the reason why they claim their stories are so convoluted is that it's coming from memory fragments. They don't remember everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I, I just... I find it very interesting that he should be all twitchy and, and, you know, just he's, he's a fidget. And then when the camera goes off, he, he then appears normal. It's almost like he's putting on an act for the camera. Yeah. And that was, if you know, Preston, it, it, it's very strange of him to do because he's usually consistent with that erratic behavior. No. How old a guy is he? Oh, Preston's in his sixties. Looks a little older. No. Well, I'm I'm just really intrigued by uh, by all the characters. I think they're all um, and and as you mentioned, they have been uh, fairly consistent over the years. But this Duncan Cameron character has always been, I think, a major problem for the claims. Um, I I seem to remember back in the '90s, didn't someone do a background check on him and found out he was a, a an actor in porn movies or something? I I've heard several things about him that don't quite wash. And of course, his claim that he's actually a time traveler from the 40s who was Al Bielik's brother yes. in the other body. It gets pretty kind of hinky and weird uh, and, you know, to be honest, kind of head-scratching. So why don't you give us a, a little sense of Duncan Cameron and the, the, the alleged relationship with Al Bielik? Well, okay, Duncan's part, allegedly, in the Montauk experiments was that he was a very powerful psychic. In 1983, Duncan was sitting in the Montauk chair, as they called it, which was used for various things. And Duncan, Preston, and Al got together and decided that they were going to destroy this project, end it because the intention of the project directors, the people who were running the whole thing, their intention was to control the entire population with the now-developed mind control. So in this Montauk chair, uh, Duncan and Preston recalled the uh, Forbidden Planet movie, you know, the monster from the id. And they said, we, with the chair's power, and Duncan's supposed to be this powerful psychic, we were going to bring the monster from the id into reality and destroy the project. And so that's what they claim they did. Uh, my interaction with Duncan Cameron is very limited because I had contacted him. I spoke with him on the phone a couple of times, and he was interested in being part of the film but he was elusive at the same time and said he didn't do interviews anymore, but I, I'll do this. I'll do it in six months. Six months passed by. He didn't do it. So I didn't get much information from him. And I only have the alleged information that they say he was part of. You could see some videos on YouTube. In my opinion, they're quite silly uh, from the early 90s with Preston and Duncan. 
uh, at least the ones where they're touring the base and, you know, Duncan's naked and Preston's holding up a uh, strip of black paper to cover his genitals. I mean, this is all kind of silly stuff, in my opinion. Uh, but the, the thing is, I needed to stay uh, objective. Uh, and that was my approach to this. I wanted it to be very different than the information that's out there. So I wanted the audience to be able to not scrutinize, but to keep an open mind to voice inflection, facial expression, the things I ask you to see and look at and observe in the picture. So in regard to Duncan, he's not in it. His character is in it. I have someone portray him in a reenactment because of the story that Preston and Al tell. But uh, I didn't get much from him. And again, his his involvement in the Montauk project, they claim he was hired because he was very powerful and that he could manifest uh, ideas and thoughts into physical reality through the usage of this Montauk chair device. I'm going to ask you what that is in a moment. Christopher Garitano is joining us to talk about the Montauk project and all the wacky permutations with Gene and KK. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to IDStronghold.com and get the facts and the wallets, sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit IDStronghold.com today. Serious investors and traders want to make an 81% return in 60 seconds? We can show you how using our free tool. Use the same secret algorithm professional hedge fund managers use to make billions of dollars in profits. Turn $250 into $4,903 in just seven clicks of a mouse. Our tool is so simple, my 82-year-old grandmother can use it to make insane stock market profits. Best part, it's 100% free. Go to richmoneyrich.com, watch the free video before the hedge funds make us take it down. richmoneyrich.com, that's richmoneyrich.com. Quantitative easing, unemployment at depression levels. 
Europe financial system falling apart, China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at 11 trillion gold, trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded 16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The 20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a printing press to finance. A hundred years ago, we had a gold standard to limit this madness, but now you have to adopt your own gold standard. Don't be fooled with paper promises. Get Midas Resources 10 Reasons to Buy Gold free by calling 800-686-2237. Understanding the gold and silver market may be the only insurance you could have to avoiding the next economic crisis. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order your free copy. Again, that's 800-686-2237. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state in back taxes, you know they'll never stop coming after you. With bank levies, wage garnishments, they'll even seize your home or business. The good news? A government program for tax debt forgiveness. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. I'm Paul Sibley with U.S. Tax Shield. We can help navigate the new laws, get you protected, and resolve your tax issues permanently. Call the experts at U.S. Tax Shield now for your free consultation and get a guaranteed quote to resolve your case. Call 800-436-6451. That's 800-436-6451. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. When there are two Christophers amongst us, our Christopher becomes KK. Christopher Garitano talking about the wild, wacky, and weird Montauk Project. What kind of chair are you talking about? Okay, so this is a very prominent object in the uh, alleged Montauk experiments. It's called the Montauk chair. It was described several different ways to me, so I, it, was, it was difficult to portray because I, I, I got a different story from each person a little bit. You know, it was slightly different every time someone described it. But it was a chair, like a dentist chair or sometimes a makeshift uh, lounge chair as Preston described it in the latest interview. It was hooked up to a device where if a psychic, well, it was used for many different reasons, but one of the reasons was that if the psychic, in Duncan Cameron's case, was laying in this chair, if he thought of an inanimate object, like a glass or a baseball or an apple, or even though that's organic, they could manifest it into physical reality. Then they were started to work on animate objects like a mouse and they said they got as far as Duncan thinking of a mouse and then it was brought into physical reality through his thoughts and through the the technology in the chair and it was alien technology that it would manifest this mouse into physical reality so when the project got to a point where it seemed to be out of control children were being murdered and now they were going to bring this mind control and, and, and control the whole United States, possibly the world with it. So it was Preston, Al, and Duncan got together and decided to use the chair for good. This is the story that's told in the original Montauk book that Preston wrote. They avoided a lot of the, the, the boy stuff, the Montauk boy stuff, which I focused on in my film. They say that they got together and they needed to keep an image in their mind, something that would help destroy the project. So, of course, if you go back to the the old movie Forbidden Planet, the science fiction film with Leslie Nielsen, they thought of the monster from the id, 
This was this energy monster in Forbidden Planet. So Duncan had the image of the monster from the id in his mind, and apparently they created it in our physical reality in 1983, August 12, 1983. The monster from the id came to life. They called it Junior. This monster destroyed the base, ripped up machinery, chased people around, scared people to the point where the Montauk project itself crashed. And that is the story. It sounds like it would make a great Hollywood feature. Sure, and I'm sure it will. <laughs> uh, Christopher, I mentioned before the show that I, I was riding into work on the on the number six train and, and read the article in the, in the Times about the cats going crazy on Montauk. Now, that is uh, documented. This figures uh, as, as an interesting aside in, I think, the original uh, book uh, by Nichols, or possibly the Peter Moon book. I, I, it's been so long, I forget. But have you done any sort of digging into that? Do we have any leg up on what the possible cause uh, of that might be? Uh, why don't you explain, first of all, why people, the principals in this case, uh, said that that happened, and then you know, any work that you've done to try to figure it out? Yes. Well, I have a, a direct story for this. Um, I was at the Montauk Library, and I was really, I mean, I spent a lot of time there. I was really looking through their archives, trying to find something to go on. It was difficult. There's a lot of history to Camp Hero, as we both know, and it was listed as a covert operation because the the that was there, the military group that was there early on in Camp Hero, portrayed themselves as a private fishing village to the people of town, even though t- the people of the in the town of Montauk knew there was something going on. So there was a story that people were having headaches and that animals were running all over the town and cats were freaking out. Well, I spoke to the Montauk Library archivist there, and at first, the natural reaction of the locals, some of them at at the very, because I've heard all sorts of stories from them, but the natural reaction right away is to say, oh, this didn't happen, it's baloney, right? Well, that's what she said at first. Oh, you know, great, great stories, but never happened. I said, so you don't recall anything ever happening that was strange because of this Air Force base that was here? And then she contradicted herself and said, well, there was something. She's like, all of the television started going crazy one night and everybody in town was having headaches. She said that the thing with the animals was not true. But however, this is from her perspective. Maybe she didn't witness animals going crazy. I'm thinking it's because of the SAGE radar tower, the semi-automatic ground environment radar tower, and all of the experiments that were being used with it of course, affect animals, uh, affect people, and affect electronics. So I think whatever was going on there was putting out extreme uh, uh, low-frequency waves or other types of energy coming from the, the actual radar. Uh, that It was f- affecting people. Another story that I got uh, years later, and I actually just put this out, I'm putting out a series of deleted scenes because, again, you only have two hours to tell the story, and I tried to focus on the main guys. But I met a guy who charters fishing trips, shark fishing trips out in Montauk. He tells a story about, and I've heard this story from other people in Montauk, a very similar one. When he was out shark fishing, it was a clear night, very late. They were on their way back just off the coast of uh, Montauk Point, right near Camp Hero. You know, the stars were out and very quiet. And he said a vehicle, a ship, came from out of the water, hovered over the, the boat, changed in a rapid procession of colors, all sorts of colors, 
and then took off into the sky. And it's also the head of chamber of Montauk, uh, head chamber of commerce of Montauk, also said a, a similar tale that he saw a UFO floating over Camp Hero itself. So there's some credible witnesses to these things uh, and these occurrences out there. And there's something to it, in my opinion, even though, you know, it's very organic. You know, people retract their stories, then they then they come back and they'll contradict themselves. So it really takes time because, you know, you or I, we go out there, investigate, and the archivist says nothing ever happened. So if we leave it at that and we go back home and write this, and she said nothing ever happened, the reality of it is something did happen. And I stayed there long enough and pressed her with more questions. She refused to speak on camera, but this is what she said. Well, as is our custom here at the Paracast, we invite our listeners to post questions for our guest at forum.theparacast.com. And we do have some questions for you. And the first one I'm going to bring up is uh, has to do with someone that you just mentioned briefly in passing, uh, Stuart Swerdlow. And this comes from Chris Johnson, who's been a forum poster for a couple of years. And he says, interesting uh, about your being on. There was a time 20 years ago that I was deep into this whole Montauk thing, having been turned on to it by a friend. I read several books by Preston Nichols and Stuart Swerdlow. I even went to three or four lectures in L.A. by, by Swerdlow and my, with this friend back in the mid-90s. And he says, strange, wild, completely out there kind of stuff. Um, but he's wondering, um, does number one, does your film – Okay, well, we, we've already answered that. But number two, uh, he, he wanted to know if it, it deals directly with Preston's uh, information, and we've already kind of covered that. But the second question is, does the film address the wide-ranging and seemingly wild claims made by the alleged psychically gifted longtime project pers- uh, participant prisoner in the program, Swerdlow? Did you talk to Swerdlow for the film, and was he able to verify any of Swerdlow's claims about the project, his involvement or claims he makes about himself personally. Let's do our break and then we'll find out what that answer is. With Gene and KK, you're in The Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Now, a twice as nice twin kit special offer from Complete H2O Minerals for all GCN listeners. Get a Complete H2O Minerals twin kit with 33 different minerals, vitamins, and amino acids all in a liquid form. Enough for two people for one month. Regular price $89.95, but now Complete H2O Minerals is offering the twin kit for $69.95. And all GCN listeners receive a bonus 16-ounce bottle of Ionic Silver absolutely free with free shipping. A $120 total value. Hurry, limited time offer. Call 803-794-4767 or click CompleteH2OMinerals.com. My name's Clyde, age 59, and I reside in Florence, South Carolina. The doctors diagnosed me as having clogged arteries. Felt like I was carrying heavy concrete blocks around my feet and legs. I started taking heart and body extract as directed. It is less than three weeks, and I'm like a young man again. It's unbelievable that an herbal formula can work so fast and so powerfully. Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at hbextract.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. 
people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Are you excited about the World Wide Web? Do you want a place where you can share your ideas and express yourself? Well, dial up your modems and stream on down to the GCN Live Community Forum. Lots of radical features await you there. Wow, Internet guy. I am so glad I went to the GCN Live Community Forum. You too can discover why the World Wide Web is awesome. Just go to GCNlive.com slash forum. That's GCNlive.com slash forum. I'll see you in cyberspace. Space. Friend at GCN Live on Diaspora and Cross.tv. You pick up the receiver with your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead. You finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then... Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota. Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. Caller, are you there? Cheering crowds surround you, calling out your name. Going once, twice. Okay, we gotta move on to the next caller. You blew it. Huh? Wait, no! Interact with the host you're listening to right now online at GCNlive.com. Click on the community link. Engage with other listeners. Ask questions. Start debates. Don't agree with the host? Let them know. Be a part of the community at GCNlive.com. Everyone says or does something silly once in a while. But once that embarrassing thing is on the Internet, it can spread like a terrible rash. Put it to rest. Get a free expert analysis today from Reputation.com. It only takes 30 seconds. 800-831-0771. We protect your online image by helping to make sure that when people search for you or your business, they find the most current, accurate information possible. Reputation.com. Because word travels fast. Call for a free analysis today. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. On the Paracast with Gene and KK and Christopher Garitano, who is writer, director, producer of Montauk Chronicles. What a fascinating subject. KK asked you a question. Do you have a response? I do. Yes, Stuart is very prominent in the film, oftentimes even more so than the other subjects. And uh, I had I spent a lot of time with Stuart. Um, you know, he's the one that really uh, had me make my decision, inspired me to make my decision to move forward. Because whereas Alfred at the time and Preston very much so at the time were kind of erratic and telling all sorts of tales, Stuart was different. You know, you get to his house and it's a calm environment. He has a family, his children. He has uh, a wife, uh, intelligent guests discussing things. And that's what really kind of made me consider all of this as truth. Also, you know, Stuart has an organization right now uh, called Expansions, where he claims to have the information that he learned in Montauk techniques 
that were used to control or that used to manipulate energies and is now um, offering this as a way to use it for positive reasons to defend yourself against uh, you know the mass mind control that's out there, things like that. And so he's he has a great following of people that really believe in his information. In regard to Stuart's claims checking out, it's weird. It's another situation where Al was telling me about the technology. Stuart would make a claim that I thought in the beginning was kind of outrageous. Like, uh, you know, you, you read Stuart's biography. It says he can speak like, you know, you know, 10 different languages. And at first I was like, I had only heard Stuart speak English, but then spending more time around him, I actually saw him speak these languages fluently. So that's true. And that it doesn't make him part of the Montauk project, but a lot of other things check out. Okay. So in the case of Stuart's credibility and his background, you know, it, it, it took time, but a lot of things were checking out in his case. And he's somebody who I think out of all of the men involved uh, has received the greatest backlash, the, the largest amount of ridicule and has pressed forward with this information in great detail. He puts an enormous amount of effort into designing these seminars. So you have to take that into consideration. Usually I've seen hucksters out there. And what they do is they'll take a great amount of factual information, mix it with the hodgepodge stuff, the, the hogwash, and then put it out into the world. So if people cross-reference things, they'll say, well, this is true. So it's associated with the lies and he can, he can get it out there. In Stewart's case, I've, know, I've witnessed a great amount of effort and detail uh, put into his seminars and put it into his things. So I, you know, I want to further explore that in the next picture. You know, to answer your question, I just feel like there's so much detail and so much time put into uh, efforts by by Stewart outside of just putting out books. It's just, just a constant thing with him that it must be taken into consideration. That uh, what what a great effort to uh, perpetuate a, a silly lie if it is. I, I you know I can't imagine anyone ever going to those great lengths, especially when it's not making Stuart rich. So I mean, it's just from my own observation almost for almost 10 years. Okay. So is it your assessment then that Al Bielek, Preston Nichols, Stuart Swerdlow, they all believe what they're selling here? I think for sure in Preston's case, I think for sure in Stuart's case, uh, do they believe it happened? Yeah. I mean, in, in Al's case, yes. But, you know, it, it always seemed it's weird because if I were to believe these men, I must believe. And this is, again, after many years of researching, I believe that it's partly fiction. They may believe that certain things have happened. I think they're implanted in their minds. I think it was meant to be uh, as a as a distraction from what really happened. I think some of the imagery, like the heroic crash of the project and all of that with the monster from the id. I don't know about that. I mean, is it possible? Sure. Anything's possible. But I'm leaning towards this. It's such a one dimensional tale. and It's such a Z grade, you know, heroic science fiction tale that we've all read a million times. Like I said, wouldn't it make sense if a very nefarious operation did occur? Let's cover it up with this silly science fiction story. Make sure these men have it in their minds, you know, under the influence of heavy amounts of uh, uh, hallucinogens, that we implanted the alien stories, we implanted the monsters that are down there. And if they ever go and tell the tale, this is the tale they're going to tell and no one's going to believe them. So I, I did consider this possibility. Just one thing before we get another listener question in, and that is, that's a theory that's also voiced about 
UFO sightings in general, that many of those sightings were made-up things, partly due to mind control, partly due to test aircraft. Yes, very much so. And I believe that. I believe that, you know, just like men in the Air Force or in the Navy might get their hands on a piece of technology and try it out and horse around a little bit, I think that possibly we did get our hands. We reversed engineered some alien technology. I believe that's a possibility. And that once we established our own vehicles for our own Air Force or whoever, you have to try them out a little bit. So maybe some of the abductions were (laughs) our government trying out these craft on our own people. I had a a source that claimed that and uh, his story was quite believable. Plus my cat, who never went near any males in her life, had been abused by the builders of the house uh, as a kitten. When this guy walked in and sat down on the couch, this cat, who for years I'd never even petted once, ran across the room and jumped right in his lap. It was quite bizarre. That impressed me more than anything. Wow. <laughs> and this guy claimed, uh, Wayne Holland, he claimed that he was one of, he was the guy doing the, the computer punch cards, filling out the, you know, the number two pencil marks on the computer punch card during uh, Air Force My Labs uh, in the 70s in the Midwest, but I digress. <laughs> anyway, here's uh, a question from The Wraith, who's uh, been a member of the Paracast for a couple of years, and uh, he's he doesn't post much, but uh, your guest uh, slot brought him out of the woodwork here. He says, I understand that Mr. Garitano delayed the Montauk Chronicles so he could add footage of one of the experiencers featured in the film, a seemingly younger man than Nichols et al., who claimed to be a victim of an ongoing extension of the project. I have to say, one of the most shocking and impactful parts of your documentary is when this man explains how a doppelganger of his father abducted him, took him to the base at Montauk, and cut off his own face in front of him and then put it back on. The man seemed very sincere and actually quite bitter and enraged over his experiences. Can you explain how you found this guy and what convinced him uh, or convinced you of the veracity or at least the plausibility of this guy's claims? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I had a completed version of Montauk Chronicles, another one, because I had, again, I started this project in 06. There was one completed version in 2011. Then I completed yet another version in late 2013. And that's when I was approached by James Bruce, as he requested to be called, on the internet, on social networking. He wrote to me. And, you know, I had other people write to me at that time. And I wasn't really interested, of course, in delaying my movie again. You know, I, I put myself through a lot to do that. It's not like, uh, you know, you know, you had money coming. I was doing nothing but spending and spending time making it. So it was something about him. I don't know. I felt it in my gut that I needed to at least speak with him. And I thought I was going to just use it as kind of like a, uh, an extension, like I've been putting out recently, just little, you know, extra scenes, things to bring people, uh, bring their interest into the picture. But after sitting with him for a little while and my own instinct, I realized this guy really believed that this happened. And again, it's not like I don't trust this guy's imagination enough to make these things up. But I I was convinced that this is a man who witnessed something and was giving me the details the best that he could. But it didn't sound like a guy who was making something up. It sounded like he saw this stuff. Now, could he be crazy and he imagined all of it? Sure. But he, he, even when I, I tried to shake him a little bit and I took him out to dinner and I wanted him to tell me again this guy is always on, always telling the story. He doesn't stop. And, the, you know, you would think that if someone's telling a lie, he would relax 
you know, when you're having a beer at dinner and we're trying to try different subject matters. I mean, I, I um, when we discuss different subject matter, I know that this guy has a history of things that are kind of in line with what he's talking about. And it was just something about him that I decided to press forward with. Let's uh, do our break here. Christopher Garitano. More to come with Gene and KK. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. We the people. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle, now available in regular and extra strength. That's half the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com, onesilversolution.com. There is only one silver solution. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. 
You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey System. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, the Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. With Gene and KK, we have Christopher Garitano, and we're exploring the Montauk Chronicles about a place, an Air Force base now shuttered where they allegedly engaged in mind control experiments, maybe reverse engineering alien technology. It almost sounds like the vision of Area 51 moved east. Let me tell you about another vision, a vision of After the Paracast. We have a second radio show called After the Paracast, and it's available strictly for Paracast Plus members. You go to plus.theparacast.com to find out more. And After the Paracast is 25 to 40 minutes in length, open-ended discussions, Sometimes we feature interviews. Sometimes we continue the interview started on the Paracast over there. So, for example, last week we interviewed Micah Hanks of the Graylian Report. We continue that interview on After the Paracast. If you want to hear another 40 minutes of him about different topics, go to plus.theparacast.com to learn how to subscribe and to get set up right away. plus.theparacast.com. Christopher Garitano is here for a few more segments discussing his film. Now, you mentioned also you've got another film in the works. Is this like Montauk Chronicles 2 or something? Yeah, I have a couple of projects in the works. One of them is something I'm calling Ghosts of Montauk because I feel like you had 13 years uh, of information that you're trying to squeeze into two hours. And I shot so much footage. I had an endless amount of interviews. You know, I interviewed locals, but I needed to focus in that two hour period on the men, the main men who claim that this project occurred and their story. And that's what I did. So it was partially told by the men themselves and then partially told by the reenactment sequences, which I also researched to the best of my ability. There's not much to go on in terms of detail, you know, and I wasn't going to shove a lot of conjecture uh, in people's faces. So Ghosts of Montauk is going to be the proper continue of this story, the, the, the proper furthering of this story. And I won't retell the tale. I'm going to go into further ideas of what James Bruce was talking about and the gentleman earlier, the man he was referring to. Also, uh, things that Stuart Swerdlow has now brought into the world, that there are people from all over the world that are literally subscribing to Stuart's techniques and um, following it as a philosophy, which is fascinating to me. So that's going to be in Ghosts of Montauk as well. Okay, so let's just take a look at what we have here. You have three people in this film. Do you find anyone other than these three people really supporting the essence of the claims here? 
there are a lot of people now, and again, it's difficult. You have to be very cautious because I know there are a lot of people out there that want to believe. They want to believe in everything. And I do too, but I, I offer a great deal of caution because how are we ever going to really find the truth in things? And especially in this case, remember, this is a covert operation that is claimed to have murdered you know, hundreds of thousands of people along during the 13-year period. And uh, you have to be very careful as to what you're researching, number one, and, and what you really want to believe. Because if that is possible, guaranteed that you're in big trouble. And that's what I've been going on all this time. So I've always tried to stay grounded researching this. And I've always tried to stay objective. And I never subscribed to anything without a great deal of information or a credible witness. What about the Freedom of Information Act? Have you made any Freedom of Information requests to get background information on the base? Well, I made suggestions to the subjects, uh, and I always wondered. See, back in 1995, there were a lot of people that claimed they were part of the Tuskegee experiments as victims and the MKUltra experiments. So Bill Clinton publicly acknowledged to a degree that these things happened, and pe people went before Congress. So I, the one question that I've always had is why didn't Preston Nichols or Stuart Swerdlow or anybody else involved approach Congress if they really are victims of this situation? Now, Stuart's explanation is why approach the enemy who will never reveal the truth? And I understand that. But in the case of 1995, even though there was a small admission to the thing, if you're sensible, you understand that if they admitted to it a little bit, if Bill Clinton came in front of the American public and said, this happened, but it wasn't us, it was the un-American Americans that did it years previous, something even worse happened. You can guarantee that something worse happened and that MKUltra did occur as the victims explained it. And it's very similar to the things that allegedly happened at Montauk. So I hope that if there are victims out there and they were part of this project, do what Christina Cola did in 1995 and the other people who were experimented upon in MKUltra, approach Congress. Even though they might not admit it fully, something can happen. And that's what I'm hoping happens. So far, nobody wants to do it. What about a lawyer filing a legal action against the government seeking recovery of damages because alleged mental cruelties or physical cruelties? I would be interested in that as long as, of course, an alleged victim is willing to do that, and I'm still waiting. So I can't do it. I wasn't a victim of the Montauk Project, but I want someone who was part of this to approach me, and then I would love to document that whole situation. Even James Bruce at this time refuses to do that because he says, you don't understand. Everything is controlled. I don't, I don't want to let them know. And he also claims that he's still... A Manchurian candidate. I mean, he claims that he's still uh, being assigned for assassination missions. So this the story is so elaborate and so vast. It really requires you to take great caution as you're going through it. Otherwise, you're you'll believe anything. Now, looking back, and we have a lot more to cover in the next few segments. Do you ever have reason to regret making a film on this among all the possible topics you could have selected? At times, uh, while I was making Montauk Chronicles, I did regret it because it was strange. I was absorbed by the whole world. After a number of years working on one subject matter, it swallowed my whole life. My whole life was consumed by it. I didn't just do this on the weekends. I did this. So I was basically towards the end of the stretch. I was a sojourner. I had nowhere to really live. I 
spent all my money. I, you know, everything, everything, my, my, my personal life was falling apart. My health was falling apart. I was really that obsessed with getting this thing finished and getting it right. And a lot of it had to do with the subject matter. You know, when you're, cause I'm, I'm not only the director, but I'm the writer and the cinematographer and the editor and the special effects artist of the movie, you know, in terms of visual effects. So when you're working in that way in post-production on a film and only people that have done this understand you're seeing things thousands and thousands and thousands of times over sometimes in a three or four day period so it's so repetitive and it's you're just bombarding yourself with this information on a constant basis and there were times that i felt a little insane working on this thing because the information was just so constantly being bombarded into my mind do you have reason then to regret doing this kind of thing not at this time no and uh, i did at, at that time i had feelings of regret because i was stuck so deeply in this thing and it was going on so long and my life was kind of falling apart and again I, you know i'm talking about it now but i'm not making a big thing out of it publicly i'm moving forward with my life onto another project and i am interested in continuing uh this investigation uh, just with caution i i don't i'm not going to go out and claim the, the the governments of the world are so dangerous that they can just wipe us out in a second and then go and mess with them. So I have to be really careful. If I believe that, then I have to be careful. And I always question the people who claim they believe, but then they're out there poking the shark. And, you you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's like you, you don't have any protection. You're out there poking this very dangerous beast. And so is it, do you believe it or you're just crazy? You know, like I, I, and I'm cautious with this stuff. I want to be careful as to what information I'm, I'm putting across. It's not like I'm going to censor myself if I find proof, but I have to do it with protection. If I, if I discovered that this thing really happened and I have documented proof, uh, you know, rest assured, I, I have to be really cautious about what I put out in the world. But just making a documentary, they could say, well, it's just fiction. It's just a docudrama. No problem. But also, if someone takes action against you for revealing things you shouldn't reveal, here we go, three, two, one. If that were to happen, that would only draw attention to the project and what you're saying. Yes. It all depends on what kind of attention you want. I'm a filmmaker first and foremost, so my entry into this situation was quite innocent. I just wanted to make a movie about paranormal. But after years of working on it, it became an obsession of trying to find some information because... Yeah, out of all of the paranormal mysteries out there, I would say the Montauk Project is quite thin in terms of information. You know, the information and the stories have grown and augmented and changed over the years. You know, I, there are a lot of people out there that claim that the conjecture is evidence, but it's not. That's why I haven't repeated a lot of it. But I, I did allow these men to tell their tales and I did illustrate them. And I wanted the audience to make their decision on what this is, on how they feel about it. Even as a, a, a study of the human condition or a study of behavior, whatever you want it to be, it's fine by me. I, I, but I want you to observe as I observed. Christopher Garitano, producer, director, writer of the Montauk Chronicles. More to come with Gene and KK. You're in the Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. 
first game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let Gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacro wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacro wedgie. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Christopher Garitano is continuing for the last four segments of the show, exploring the background in the making of his film, The Montauk Chronicles. Now, if I'm looking over your history of filmmaking, you went to the School of Visual Arts in New York City, so you could have become any kind of filmmaker. Sure. And, well, a filmmaker changes from project to project. That happened to be the project I made after my first uh, film that was out there and you know published by Image Entertainment. It was called Horror Business. My first topic was to cover four independent horror movie makers that were out there struggling to try and get a project made. It was interesting to me at the time. It was also pretty much about myself. So I, 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 I interviewed and followed a few men and that movie got out into the world. And then my next topic, uh, I had interest in making something in regard to a paranormal mystery or conspiracy. And that one fell in my lap and I continued with it. You know, that, so it's, it's really a movie maker makes pictures on whatever topic they're interested in at the time. I don't, I don't believe you should ever really repeat yourself. Now, let's go back to your earlier life here. Is there any reason that you were drawn to the paranormal? Were you reading about this as a child? Did you have experiences? Yeah, I had a voracious appetite for the paranormal as a kid. And I still do. And, you know, I'm, I, a lot of my... Uh, pictures that are on on deck on waiting to be made are are of the same subject matter because I'm interested. You know, I, I'm interested in possibly doing a picture on the Skinwalker Ranch, maybe one that uh, would approach it in a way that nobody has. 
you know, yeah, I had a voracious appetite. I actually had my own experiences as, as a child. And um, this, I think, uh, continued and fortified my interest in the paranormal. And I believe a lot of the so-called paranormal is fact. Uh, and I have my own personal beliefs. But at the same time, when you're, when you're making a documentary, unless it's particularly on the subject of my own personal beliefs, I think it's smart not to shove all of those personal beliefs into the picture. And I didn't do that with Montauk Chronicles, or I at least tried not to. Okay, you mentioned personal experiences when you were young, which a lot of people have, and that's what draws them into these crazy subjects. Can you tell us some of the more notable experiences? How young were you when they started happening? Well, I was a very young kid. I think I had a, you know, I still do have a very wild imagination as a child. And I recall running around the neighborhood telling everyone that I saw a spaceship land in the backyard. And uh, this is like an infamous story that I'm always haunted by and relatives and neighbors tell me that you told me of this space woman that came out of a ship. And so I would tell that I, I, you know, I tell everybody that I saw things like that. But later on, I had a really profound experience. Uh, Did you make up these earlier stories or what? I can't tell you I was too young. But the later one, I did not, the one I'm about to tell you. I was about 12 years old and it was late one night and I was awakened by the sound of a voice. So it was, and again, this only happened twice in my entire life, two separate times, of course, not under the influence of any drugs. And if I was crazy, it would have happened a lot more. So this happened. It was very audible, very loud. And I was awakened by this thing. And it was almost like an incoherent series of gibberish articulated by a female voice late in the middle of the night. I'm not saying exactly what it was. It sustained for hours. And it, the first time I was so disturbed that eventually I got up and tried to locate the source. Couldn't find it. Everybody in the home was asleep. And I walked downstairs and I walked around and I considered everything. Even as a young kid, I, I was trying to logically explain what am I hearing right now? And so I just stayed awake, frightened, and listened to this thing. And then one more time it happened, I believe, one or two days later, once again. And again, I tried to listen and tried to really make out what was being said. And it didn't seem to be coming from any particular language, you know, foreign to me at the time. It was gibberish. And it was definitely being articulated by a female voice. So the voice was loud. It was very clear. And I was very awake. I heard this two nights, uh, consecutive nights. And the second night, the last night that I heard this very clear and loud female whispering, uh, I, I wished it away. I, I just hoped to have not hear it anymore because it was frightening me. You know, I was, a, I was also a kid who was immersed in a lot of, um, you know, uh, fantasy, horror, subject matter, books, movies, and to now be confronted by something that was very real frightened the, the hell out of me. So I had never heard it again, but from that day on, and I, I literally feel, you know, my hair, my arm standing up right now because it, it, it was so profound and so real, and I'll never forget it, that I think my mind has been open as an adult uh, to all possibilities because I cannot explain where this sound was coming from. And I've had a lot of theories as to what it could have been, but, you know, it's just completely uh, 
indefinable. I cannot tell you what it was. Any other experiences you'd like to mention? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, I was very close with my grandmother. And um, after she passed away, uh, I was thinking of her. And again, audibly, I heard her voice for a moment. And, you know, this could be uh, a release of chemicals in the body, uh, could be something that you want to happen. But it was very different than the, the voice I heard when I was 12, because it wasn't a relative. It was out of the blue. It was unexpected. I wasn't hoping for something like that. I wasn't. It, it just occurred to me out of the blue and actually woke me up. So I've had sim- similar things to what I just told you regarding my grandmother here and there. But, you know, it's just not on a daily basis. And there are years between the experiences. Um, you know, my home growing up as a kid, you know, the foundation was uh, over 100 years old. So there may have been energies there. I don't know if, what, depending on what you believe in. But it, it's these experiences that have allowed me to have an open mind to the subject matter that I'm covering now in my movies. Certainly led you in that direction. Let's return to Montauk Point. Okay. Now, in situations where we're exploring something that happened years ago, use the memories of people who were allegedly involved. What about the residents of, and we mentioned this briefly before, but maybe get into more detail, the residents of Montauk. Now, when it comes to like Roswell, New Mexico, small town, people talk, and a lot of people had memories as they were approached by investigators later. Now, something like this, though, you didn't see a lot of sources of information locally. People didn't even have much knowledge about it, is what you were telling us before. Right. I, I spent a number of weeks uh, interviewing locals. A lot of it is kind of local pride. So you, you always have to watch out for that. Like, I was out in Amityville, New York, where the Amityville Horror House is. If anyone's familiar with 112 Ocean Avenue, which is the location of, of the Amityville haunt, the infamous haunted house or allegedly haunted house, um, the locals are very angry and they want to literally beat anybody up who's approaching the house. So in Montauk, I'm not saying I experienced something similar to that on a very tame level. I think people have a pride. And when outsiders from Montauk are there, talking about aliens when these people just want to run their businesses and keep the resorts going, uh, maybe not even realize how lucrative the situation could be for them. They get angry and they'll deny the stuff right away. But then you'll hear contradictions like some local fishermen or some local people have had these experiences and told me personally off the record, a lot of them, because they didn't want to speak on camera for whatever reason, but some of them did. And um, it's just when you're trying to fit everything into a two-hour period in a picture, I, I didn't want to just keep cutting away to locals. And some of their stories weren't that great, you know. So there were very few that really that were aligned with this tale. And I just think a lot of the time when you're approaching a, a town, there is that local pride that keeps them from really telling the truth. We're trying to figure out what happened. What about the Montauk Chronicles? Was there really a Montauk project? We've got more to come, and we're talking to Christopher Garitano, the producer, director, writer of Montauk Chronicles, and we'll tell you how you can check out the film and see it for yourself. With Gene and KK, you're in The Paracast.
Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government when you can be truly independent with Liberty HealthShare, a bold, innovative alternative allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. Liberty HealthShare. Together, we are one. Sciatica, lower back pain, hip pain, poor posture. If you suffer from any of these problems, get ready to relax. Introducing an amazing product that's been in the market for over 25 years, the Sacro Wedgie. It was invented by a football coach using a common sense osteopath technique. He created this device to help his athletes by isolating and supporting the sacrum, which is the keystone of our anatomy. This wedge-shaped bone is in the center of our hips, where a lot of pain starts. Simply relax 20 minutes daily on the amazingly simple Sacro Wedgie and let gravity do the work, helping muscles rebalance and start releasing nerves. Sit in the sacro wedgie at the computer or while traveling to help correct posture to finally help relieve those stubborn aches and pains for only $33.95. It's made in the USA, so click the family-owned website at sacrowedgie.com, spelled S-A-C-R-O-W-E-D-G-Y.com, or call 1-800-737-9295. That's 1-800-737-9295. Relax your back pain away with the sacro wedgie. 
healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's aquaponicsource.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Let's continue here exploring Montauk, New York. Now, I did a little investigation about Montauk. The hamlet of Montauk is like population of 3,300 people. It's even smaller than Roswell, New Mexico. Talk about a small town. Yes, it is very small, and it's it's isolated. And over the years, maybe the population grew a little bit, but especially during the time of the alleged Montauk project, you know, especially in the winter and fall months where there was no, uh, you know, no summer play going on, there was nobody there. It was like a ghost town. Even if you go out in the winter now, which a good deal of my picture was shot in the winter, um, you know, I was at two o'clock in the morning at the tower itself, in the dark, in the freezing cold, snow on the ground, alone, shooting astro time lapses, one of which you'll see in the in the movie. And, um, you know, it has an eerie atmosphere about it. I did see something there one night. And again, I, I wasn't going to run with these things because I can't, I, I couldn't get enough information as to what it may have been or what it wasn't. And I, I hate it on television shows when they'll take something very small and try and amplify it and use it as this great piece of evidence. But when I was shooting an astro time lapse near the main Sage Radar Tower, there was a green light uh, and I had no uh, reason to believe it was coming from a ship offshore or anywhere. It was literally at the base of the tower. And when I approached it to find out what it was, there was nothing there. And again, this is a derelict Air Force base. There should be no illumination whatsoever near the base of the tower, but there was in this case, and then it was gone. And I had no footage of it, of course, because my camera, my one camera, was being set as an astro time lapse. So I could have put this in the movie and talked about it and you know blew it up and sensationalized it, but I didn't. So, you know, I don't know what that was. It could have been something. Who knows? It could have been uh, someone out there in the middle of the night with a green light. But if you know the area and you've ever been there in the winter, it's very unlikely that anybody was out there at that time. Not a place you want to hang out in in the winter. No. No, not at all. It reminds me of some of the small towns I used to know back in the Deep South, where you have like a center shopping area consisting of one street, maybe a few stores. Is there even a shopping center in Montauk? Well, you know, a few years ago, there there wasn't really. You know, there, there's a shopping center there in terms of a grocery store. Uh, and very recently, over the last few years, a 7-Eleven came into town. Wow, but, a 7-Eleven. You can do all yeah, your shopping there. 24 hours. But there was nothing that was open 24 hours in the past, you know, and especially in a good deal of the amount of years that I was making uh, Montauk Chronicles. 
you know, there was nowhere to go. Once you were there, you'd have to drive 40 minutes to anything that was open in the middle of the night. So, uh, but the, again, the population has, has grown over the years and people do stay out there in the wintertime, I guess, just to get away or be alone or whatever. Um, but it's still very minimal. You know, there's a minimal amount of people, especially in the dead of winter. There's not many people there. So it's an ideal place to have things go on that will not draw attention by the public. I, th- I think that was the idea for the Air Force Base. You know, it was a great location. And part of one theory that I have is that um, as the town became more popular over the years and the population grew, I think a good reason why the facility shut down is because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't dismiss all of the people that were everywhere and it couldn't be so covert anymore. And maybe that's why they shut it down. In regard to Alfred Bielek, he claims that the people who were topside, the men involved in the Air Force operation, didn't know about the operation going on underneath the ground. Uh, Preston had a slightly different story. Uh, some of the people knew, some didn't. But Al claims that he would take a, um, a, a, rail, a railway, you know, the Leviton train, as he calls it, from Brookhaven Labs to Camp Hero underneath the ground. So there was no entryway topside. But then again... The story of Al, Preston, and Duncan crashing the project contradicts that slice slightly because they said they all met in the memory motel, uh, had a meeting, and then went back to the facility to crash it, which I always thought was kind of strange because if you're in this extremely covert operation, who's going to give you an opportunity to go topside, hang out at a motel, hang out amongst yourselves? I mean, you should be under full security at this point because you're, you're, this is the most top secret clearance that we could speak of, get to the memory motel and then get back over to the underground secret lab to crash the project. I always thought that was kind of silly. And that's why I feel that story may have been an implant, you know, an implanted memory. Why would you think it's implanted? Well, because it's just doesn't make any sense. This is a, this is a, an operation that was murdering people by the thousands. This was, um, you would require the highest clearance in terms of top secret, why would they allow three workers who were kind of being controlled by them anyway to leave even for a sandwich together and then come back to the base? It does this, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. They go to the base cafeteria, perhaps. Yeah, the base cafeteria or leave under supervision if you're going to leave or not leave for months at a time. But it doesn't make any sense that at the height of this project, where things were about to explode and they were about to take over the world, so to speak, uh, why on earth would they allow these men under no supervision to go and have a conversation at a local motel about crashing the project and then come back and destroy the project? It, it, hey, maybe I'm wrong, but I just felt that that was a little strange because of the technology and because of the, the classified information. Why would they allow these men to just walk away? I would assume if they were allowed to walk, they would be under supervision. Correct. That's what I was assuming. But, you know, I could be wrong. Okay. Now, earlier in the show, you were talking about the alleged kidnapping of thousands of children around the United States. Were these children in foster homes, homeless children? Did they have a particular target in mind? What? Yeah, all three. A lot of the children, because they were undesirables and, quote unquote, wouldn't be missed, uh, were being used in the experiments in the beginning because it was uh, free range. Go out, kidnap some runaway kids who were already forgotten, 
and use them and they experiment. No one's going to miss them. No one's going to kick up a fuss. And that kind of makes some sense because if you think, if you were to believe this happened, remember the Tuskegee experiments, you know, they experimented on at the time minority groups who, and this disgusting way of thinking that wouldn't care or wouldn't notice that we were taking advantage of them and injecting syphilis into their bodies unbeknownst to them under false pretenses. This really happened, folks. Our government did this. And MKUltra, you know, taking children. This is why I focused on the Montauk Boys program and that this was the natural behavior of the government to do stuff like this or part or factions of the government to do stuff like this was that, of course, it possibly reoccurred at Montauk. They were kidnapping runaway kids. There were a lot of them in that time period and bringing them down to Camp Hero. Another type that was being sought out was uh, a particular DNA, as uh, Stuart Swerdlow had explained. And in his case, he had a very particular DNA structure that they were looking for, so they chose him. All right, there's a contradiction there I'm going to ask you about. I think it's fairly obvious. We'll get to it. The film is the Montauk Chronicles. Christopher Garitano is the director, writer, producer. More to come with Gene, NKK, you're in. The Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Getting a good view of a sore throat can be difficult, but the new doctor-recommended sore throat exam kit from SayAhNow.com makes it easy. A first-of-its-kind scientifically designed oral retractor to relax the tongue, minimize gag reflex, and increase visibility. Our made-in-the-USA kit also includes a medical-grade reference chart, easy-to-use website and apps so that you're one click away from unparalleled sore throat information. Click SayAhNow.com. SayAhNow.com, a must-have for your family's medical preparedness. Everyone says or does something silly once in a while. But once that embarrassing thing is on the Internet, it can spread like a terrible rash. Put it to rest. Get a free expert analysis today from Reputation.com. It only takes 30 seconds. 800-831-0771. We protect your online image by helping to make sure that when people search for you or your business, they find the most current, accurate information possible. Reputation.com. Because word travels fast. Call for a free analysis today. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. 
You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government when you can be truly independent with Liberty HealthShare, a bold, innovative alternative allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. Liberty HealthShare. Together, we are one. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high-energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps Helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Christopher Garitano, I have a contradiction to voice here. So, they're seeking people with a specific DNA, but we're talking about stuff happening, what, in the 60s and 70s? The base was closed in 1982. We'll get into more of that in a moment. That was before we were doing... DNA testing, wasn't it? Well, before it was publicly announced in regard to the information that you and I have absorbed since it was a since it was announced. But as we know, I mean, technologies and chemistry and all sorts of things are being developed years before we hear about them. I don't think we're hearing about them on a proper timeline. You know, I think we hear about it later. So, and if that's true, that's the case here. So, how early can we trace DNA testing? You know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, to tell you the truth, but at the same time, you know, publicly maybe it was announced after what these men were claiming, but I, I just feel that, you know, listen, this, this information is coming from the people that I interviewed and is never meant to be put out as fact. I don't put this out as fact, and I, in fact, I say the opposite in the film. But from what I've learned and what I'm sure you know, is that, you know, in regard to the question that you're asking and the contradicting uh, the contradiction that you're noting at the moment, um, you know, I think there are a variety, a multitude of cases where we have technologies and developments in chemistry and, and medical technology that we don't hear about until much later. I mean, especially in the case of age regression or this Harvard mouse or so on and so forth. 
I just feel like, I mean, it's up to you what you want to believe, but uh, I think we have a history of things that were developed way before the public was allowed to know about them. Officially, DNA testing began, according to Time magazine, in 1985. That doesn't mean they weren't experimenting with it before then, but that's what it says when you look up the record. It's funny that our prophets of science fiction, you say 1985, our prophets of science fiction were writing about DNA in you know, the early parts of the 20th century. So who knows? You know, H.G. Wells, Island of Dr. Moreau, so on and so forth. I mean, these things were discussed for years beforehand. Someone had to have imagined this or knew about this information. And I'm sure Time magazine didn't put it out on the day that these experiments were thought of and, and started. I'm not supporting uh, the fact in this. I'm just saying that I, I know for a fact. I'm not supporting the fact that the Montauk Project happened. I've been saying that since the beginning of the interview. But I do know for a fact that <laughs> everything that we're told in mass media uh, is not accurate. Now, I'm just looking up further. According to Wikipedia, the DNA profiling is based on PCR, which was developed by someone named Carrie Mullis in 1983. But I grant that other scientists might have been working behind the scenes 10 or 20 years earlier. I'll just grant that just to be respectful of the possibilities. Yeah, I'm granting it as well. I mean, I'm just, I don't need to defend myself here. I'm not the person that came out with the information. I'm just right. I, I write. Yeah. I, I'm just saying I'm defending the idea that I know for a fact that technologies have been developed long before they're announced on Wikipedia or Time magazine. Okay, so the base is closed in 1982. Did they give a reason for closing it? Military budgets, something like that? Yeah, well, the project fell through because of satellite technology uh, rendered the SAGE radar technology obsolete. That was the public message and that the fact that we didn't have to worry about Nazis attacking us anymore. Uh, well, that's so good I, to know. Yeah. <laughs> so in 1982, we realized, even though World War II ended in 1945, we yes. realized in 1982, no more Nazis. Now, the other question I would have here, this is something we can continue to explore as we progress. If they're doing this sort of experimentation at this particular place, this particular base, what about other parts of the country? What about Area oh. 51, Wright-Patterson, anywhere else? No, uh, Alfred Bielek claimed, again, I, I am someone who collected information from the subjects. I'm not supporting this as fact, and I've made it very clear in the film and on this show. But Alfred Bielek claimed that there were bases all over the country and all over the world that were very similar to the Montauk Project experiments, especially when it came down to the mind control. So this is just one example. And have you considered here, having gone this far and done a lot of work with Montauk Project, to see what other parts of the country have places that may have involved bases that engage in similar research? And what about today? Because the Montauk Project is closed, what, 33 years ago. So what's happened in the past 33 years for this kind of research? Did they give up on it? I don't know, but what I can... Assume, based on what I've observed over the years, is that if, if the, at least the mind control portions of the project are true, I can guarantee it's happening to some degree right now. And again, we have proof of the Tuskegee experiments. We have proof of MKUltra and alike experiments. So my question to you, sir, is why would you, or why would anyone for that matter, 
put it past a government who had done almost identical things in the past to do it again. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I think sure. today it might be easier to keep that information a secret. Very much so. Well, one thing that um, uh, Preston Nichols said that as a, a derivative of the Montauk project and part of the mind control is certainly in uh, mass media in regard to television, advertisements, the news, and that I believe is quite true. I believe that there are notes being given and the news is manipulated to uh, you know, put ideas in the mind of the population. Uh, if you look at the apps, and I, you cannot deny the epidemic of Manchurian types that are getting up and blowing people away left and right. I mean, I don't know how many we had in the last couple of weeks alone, but I mean, when is it that we're all going to stand up and say that something is wrong here? It, I don't think it's just a bunch of copycat uh, incidents where people are just saying, well, now I'm Spartacus. I want to go and kill a whole bunch of people. I don't think it's like that. It's, it's really an epidemic. And what I'm referring to is the part of the mind control uh, experiment at Camp Hero was supposed to be developing uh, Manchurian candidate type soldiers that would be triggered to go and do things like a lot of these shooters are doing. And it progressively in the United States uh, got worse from, let's say, Colin Ferguson to the Columbine incident to this to that. Yeah, there are kids freaking out and saying they're isolated, but now it's just people are walking into movie theaters. People are walking onto the street shooting people. I'd say there's something up with this because of just the frequency and the abundance of it. It's just a little strange in my opinion. On top of that, you know, I stopped watching television about two and a half years ago just to see what the effect would be like if it, if I let it go, if I, if it diminished and it did because I went back to take a look uh, a couple of months ago and it was this blatant barrage of suggestion that it was very clear to me and wasn't when I was watching uh, television or at least the news stations constantly. It was just seemed to be normal. But it's so stark and so blatant when you remove yourself from that environment and then you go back to it. Uh, you know, I think these are all offshoots and current um, implements of mind control today, for sure. So you think something like the all-news stations, and we're not singling out any particular candidate because it might be all of them, are engaged in some sort of mind control. I know Chris and I a few weeks ago were talking about subliminal advertising where you send every few frames some kind of message that isn't perceived consciously but could have some impact on you. So is that what it's all about, that this is an overt way to brainwash people? This is a complicated question, and I don't think he's going to answer it in the next 30 seconds. So let's hold that to the next segment. Our guest this week, Christopher Garitano. He is the writer, director, producer in any order you wish of the Montauk Chronicles. And before we let him go today, he will tell you how you can also learn more about this film because it's fascinating. And Chris O'Brien and I didn't get a chance to see it before this show, but I am really, really curious. With Gene and KK, you're in The Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We've been patiently waiting. Waiting while you tried to ignore us. Waiting while you acted like we didn't exist. Waiting for our chance to be taken seriously. The wait is over. GCN is available 24-7 at GCNlive.com. Navigate through news from your favorite hosts and download archives of past shows. Download the app on your smartphone or tablet or visit GCNlive.com for instant access and live streaming. GCNlive.com, the future of talk radio. Now at your fingertips. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. 
We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Leader Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Christopher Garitano of the Montauk Chronicles. We started a long thing here, but we only have one segment left, so I want to really focus on this really carefully. And that is with regard to the Manchurian Candidate scenario. Of course, that goes back to the movie in the book, Manchurian Candidate, the film with Lawrence Harvey and Frank Sinatra from the early 1960s. And of course, the evil oriental doctor who did the hypnotic mind control, the brainwashing played by an actor named Kai D, who of course was known as Woe Fat in the Hawaii Five-O TV show, the original one, not the new one. Of course, he's long gone. He was also a co-producer and a very regular guest on the Long John Neville show, talking about the paranormal and other subjects. Anyway, so we have this story, and I suspect the more you hear about it, that the book, The Manchurian Candidate, was based on reality. Don't you think so? You know, I'm told by um, Stuart Swerdlow and Alfred Bielek and Preston Nichols, and I've heard this before, that the movies and sometimes books and sometimes stories that are put out there, especially in mass media, are put out there to bring the ideas of what's really going on into the public. So if they ever associate it with anything other than fiction, you know, they'll become confused and they'll say, well, I only know about the Manchurian Candidate thing because of the John Frankenheimer film. Or I only know about the Montauk Project because of, you know, Stephen King's The Mist or something similar to that, or, you know, so these things are put out into the public because they're, we, I've always, before 2006, everything that was talked about in the Montauk Project, I associated with fiction, because before that, my paranormal mysteries were limited to very well-defined separate subjects, ghosts, cryptozoological creatures, you know, UFOs, uh, UFO abductions, things like that, or psychic abilities. But then we get over to the Montauk Project, and it becomes this kind of movement, this philosophy. People all over the world are certain happened and is happening right now. And, I mean, as you know, it's just vast and endless, and it wasn't like that before. It wasn't like that before at all. There weren't groups of people wearing Guy Fox masks and trying to fight the governments of the world. and all. It's just none of that was occurring, really. There were separate protests around the world, and it was isolated in very defined moments. And now it's just oceans of people that really believe this stuff is going on. Now, Sirhan Sirhan, the convicted killer of Senator Robert Kennedy, he, I think, claimed that he was under some kind of mind control. He didn't know what he was doing. Yes, he did. And also Colin Ferguson later on, who went on to the uh, uh, Long Island Railroad and shot a whole bunch of people, said that he was triggered by a device as well. So these ideas have been out there. Is it possible that these gentlemen saw the Manchurian candidate and then believed that they were being controlled? Sure. But I think there's a greater force in the media and in the world 
certainly manipulating uh, the people. I mean, it's an old story, and it's it's happened many times throughout history, especially if you go back to Nazi Germany. It's not far-fetched, and it has happened. Worse things have happened than the Montauk Project. So I don't see why this may have not happened to a degree. I mean, this I, I, I can't consider all of the elements as truth, but after years of researching other things, you know, in regard to MK Ultra and all the things that occurred during World War II, that um, I'm leaning towards uh, uh, something truly happening there and that there are offshoots of this occurring and that I'm focusing mainly on the mind control. I think that is the truth. Okay, let's look at another thing here. We all remember the late Candy Jones. She was the wife of Long John Neville. She was co-host of his radio show when Long John died. She took over the show and did her own. And there was a book called The Control of Candy Jones. And Candy Jones was a model and a talk show host. And supposedly when she was triggered, she became a CIA agent. And then, of course, we have Chuck Barris and the book Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which was made into a movie rather fanciful, featuring Sam Rockwell as Chuck Barris, who did The Gong Show. But supposedly he also was under some control, and therefore when he was under this control, he'd become a CIA assassin. Of course, it sounded like a lot of nonsense, and you could see the film. It was a really good film. George Clooney directed it and was one of the stars. I think he plays this CIA contact who may or may not be there. But did you ever consider whether either of these stories, Candy Jones, Chuck Barris, had basis in fact, or was it just a bunch of fiction designed there to maybe make a movie or get publicity? I think, depending on who's involved, both. Because every movie that's made, they're so expensive and requires so much time. You know, as a filmmaker, you're forced to, you said it was uh, made very fancifully. So it's like, yeah, well, that's what, that's our job as a movie maker. I'm not a guy who just, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. I, I, I wanted to make something interesting. So my stories are being told through images. And, and so that interpretation of the Barris story needed to have style needed to move. It can't just be a bunch of talking heads on YouTube. But so sometimes people find less credibility in things that are artistic. I disagree. You know, I just think that's the narrow minds of the some of the folks who uh, come out and say that. In the other sense that I feel like these stories are more organic and it's not such a black and white issue. George Clooney directed that movie. Of course he wanted to publicize it and he wanted to make money with it. He wanted to make it interesting enough to keep people in and have them buy tickets. But at the same time, maybe there's a message there of truth. Uh, and as you know, things are always translated and changed to kind of fit a format. And, the, and it starts with truth. But when it comes down to the logistics of having to make a picture, sometimes those things are rearranged to condense, you know, 20, 30 years into an hour and a half or two hours. You know, you wouldn't know this unless you gave it a shot and, and tried to get in the middle of making a project like this. So it's a combination of all of the things you're asking. I don't think there's one answer to this. I think that, you know, these ideas are put out. I think it's great that even if the most sensationalized material comes out to the public, like let's say that uh, conspiracy theory show with Jesse Ventura, obviously a good deal of it staged, obviously a good deal of it really fake and sometimes silly and sometimes one-dimensional. But what's important about a show like that is that the idea, which was never really out there before, is out there in abundance now. I think it works in two ways too, because it could work as a very dangerous paranoia implement. And then on the other end, it 
gets people aware of the possibilities. So it's not a black and white answer. I can't give it to you. Sure. Looks like we're just about out of time, Christopher. Could you tell our listeners more about the film and where they can learn more about it? Can we actually get to see it? Yes, you can see Montauk Chronicles right now. I have it in two formats. Uh, one is DVD and one is Blu-ray. Uh, it has a fantastic sound mix, surround sound mix, and there is a, a deluge of extras on the Blu-ray where we further explore Camp Hero, extended interviews, uh, two making-of documentaries on both discs. You know, they're worth taking a look at. You can get them at MontauKronicles.com or over on Amazon.com. Okay, MontauKronicles.com or Amazon.com. The regular DVD or if you got your HD TV and the Blu-ray player, which you can get for like $50 now, Blu-ray player. It's worth it. Get the Blu-ray because it looks so much better. Let me tell you about where you can find some of the things we do. You can find The Paracast on Twitter. We're known as The Paracast. That makes it simple. Look for The Paracast on Twitter. Look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook if he's wearing a plaid shirt that guy is probably me. We also have two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. Don't tell me what I should have done to avoid that happening, but it happened, and you have to kill one to keep the other, so we're not going to do that. We're giving away a copy of Chris O'Brien's trend-setting book, Stalking the Tricksters, to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. If you go for the one-year or the five-year package of the Paracast Plus, you get the ebook version of the book in PDF format so you can watch it and read the book anywhere. You don't need a Kindle or something like that or an iPhone. You could watch it on your PC, Mac, Linux device, everything like that. you learn more at plus.theparacast.com. We offer the After the Paracast podcast, ad-free, extended interviews, conversation between Chris, myself, and other people. After the Paracast, plus the ad-free version of this show, where we cut out 41 minutes of network ads. How about that? If you don't want to hear the ads, you don't want to fast forward, you join the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. Easy to sign up, and we look forward to having you try it out. Okay, Christopher Garitano, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you so much, Gene. Thanks, Chris. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.